Welcome to the Menopause Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Willis, author of Cookie Dough in the Dark and Vibrant Living with Tanya. Menopause is like going through puberty again. Your body is changing, your hormones are shifting, but instead of being a lost teenager, it's the perfect opportunity to reinvent your life and take stock of your emotional, mental, and physical well-being. Gain wisdom, be empowered, and learn the strategic skills and the inner work that can be done simply so that the last half to third of your life is vibrant and amazing. Subscribe and share this podcast with your gal pals, and thank you for joining me. Hello, everybody. I have my special guest here today, Carolyn, who's going to introduce herself and guess where we met everybody online, just like so (laughs) many of my guests. So Carolyn, take it away, introduce yourself, let us know a little bit about you, and then we'll dive into today's conversation. I love that opener. You know what, how the world has changed where we're all meeting people online. If I can, before I introduce, I actually was in a meeting the other day, a networking meeting, and all of these people were walking in and we were just so excited and jumping up and down and clapping because we were all such wonderful friends online and we'd never met in person. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah, thanks for having me here. Um, I am, I like to say a, a woman's uh, sort of wellness warrior, really. Uh, my business centers around health and wellness for women in general, especially women over 40, especially women around the menopausal years. Um, and I'm a health coach, certified health coach, life coach, personal trainer, yogi, pound pro, stress resilience. So I've sort of got the, I try and have the whole package, NLP as well, practitioner, because I want to be able to cover as much as I can with, with the clients. Because as you know, it's never about the weight they want to lose. It's what's behind that. Yes. Yes, yes. And and that's a, a layer, right? So, you know, exactly. You and I refer to it as the same thing, like peeling the layer of the onion, right? Yeah. And so I know with my emotional eating, um, that it wasn't about the food, food was the drug I was using. And so with diets, we try to manipulate and control the food and everything we're taking into our body. And we can do that for a certain amount of time. But ultimately, it's about feeling and building the skills of, okay, let's peel back the layer. So one of the things we're going to talk about today is stress. I think it's really, you know, a lot of people don't think they're stressed, right? But what I think has happened is that we're living in this world that we've just kind of, we just kind of fluff it off and just be like, but this is, you know, my new reality, right? When I know, I know myself, I lived with stress for so long but I was the busy mother, the busy this, like I had to keep going. I, I was strong. I can do it all. And basically uh, I had uh, like some panic attacks in my twenties. I had, you know, anxiety related things going on in my thirties and really didn't um, take the time to understand it and my nervous system and all of that kind of stuff. So why don't you dig in and just let us know what is stress? I mean, there's so many different types of stress and not all stress is bad, right? Oh, bang on, bang on. And I'm stressed. Exactly. I'm really grateful. I'm so grateful, Tanya, that you've asked me to talk about this because, you know, when it comes to, I, I think, especially women's health, for me anyway, with what I do, it typically centers around stress, sleep, strength, what they're eating, sugar, like all, all the S words I like to say, but 
um, and stress is a big one. And really at the end of the day, so much in life uh, overlaps. And if we can get our stuff together with stress, then we benefit in so many different ways. So thank you. I'm jumping up and down on my chair, even though I'm not. Um, <laughs> I like to call stress, or if you're having a stressful day, which I will re-explain that properly in a second. It's just one of those days, my coffee will need a coffee. That's, that's sort of what a, a day like that. But you're right. There are different kinds of stress. I would like to go back to your point where you said people don't really think, I think you're right. I know when I put surveys out and I ask people, are they stressed? And I will get no across the board. People say no. Um, and I'm not general when I talk about people and I'm not generalizing everyone. It's just easier to say, say things that way. But when I then go, go deeper and start asking questions and getting a little bit more creative, the people that said, no, they were not stressed um, are all of a sudden they're not sleeping well in one of the questions or they have, you know, skin issues or they, you know, they can't focus, whatever. There's many things that can happen and it comes out in different ways. Well, you are stressed people, not a lot of people know what stress is. So to the people that say they're never stressed, and if there's anyone listening here, if I were to ask you the question now, are you stressed? If you say no, because we feel that I can't be stressed in this world, I can't show the world I'm stressed, which we'll talk about too. It really means if we're saying we're not stressed, we're honestly not living life to the fullest because mm -hmm. we need to be stressed. Stress, come, stress has a, a reason. So yes, there is definitely good stress and bad stress. They're called de-stress and, and eustress. The, the good stress is, is eustress. Um, and when we think about it, we need both. And the people in life that actually there's been, they've been studies done, which I'm a, I apologize for not being able to quote them right now. But if you get brain books, if you read um, The Upside of Stress is an amazing book. Um, in that, there are studies that have been done that the people that say they have not been, they're never stressed compared to the people that say, yeah, I, I have a stress, I have stressful days. Uh, the people that do have stress in their lives live longer than the people that say they don't. Because the people that don't, when you think about it, if you're not experiencing stress, it's because you're either not experiencing life or you're always pushing things away so that you don't feel it. Mm -hmm. And that is huge. Stress is actually about embracing it and learning to live despite the feelings. And, and the other point is stress isn't the thing. It's not that I am stressed. It is, there was a stressful situation and it was actually how I reacted to it. Um, and again, when people can connect it to that, there's a stress or a stressor uh, rather. Um, and when we can connect how we're behaving to it. And I love something I read once and it was about completing the circle. If you, you know, you, you have an exam one day, for instance, and you feel your heart rate elevated and you're extremely nervous about this exam. It's finding ways to a calmer system, but then how can we deal with it? Well, you know what? If I sit in my study for a while, I know I'm going to do better in the exam and completing the circle to where it's like, okay, I've done stuff and now I feel calmer. You've allowed the stress to work through the system and then you've released it. And it's when we release it, that is important. And whether we do that through breath work or through mindset or through exercise or food, um, so those are sort of the, that's the background to stress. I do believe, you know, um, you're right. 
especially as women and especially at our age, but I think women in general, but I'm sure anyone listening to this, we can fly through life and not think. And we think either we don't think about the stress or the number of people that are anxious right now. And I really wish that I could help people sort of take a step back and breathe and really deal with it because we can do so much more when we are uh, reacting to it well, but then not flying through life. I think if people can really embrace the thought, and I know you're big on this too, in helping people in actually finding that they're important enough to take time for themselves each day, it could Mm -hmm. be a game changer for, Mm -hmm. for stress. Um, So that's sort of my thought on stress. Um, you know, I can talk as well about how it has an effect on the brain or this, you know, many areas, but, um, that's sort of the, the background, if that makes sense. You know what? I'm going to write down brain on stress. Cause we're going to come back to this in a second. Okay. Love talking about the brain. Yay. So, you know, what happens is I, I think what happens is we become adapted to our current situation, You're right? right? And so now it's our new normal. Yes, we don't know what it is like to relax and to let go. So I've talked about this before, but, you know, I gave um, uh, I've been self-employed since I've been 23, 25, somewhere in there. So which was like three years ago, I hear three years ago. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And when I so when I had children, if I don't work, I don't get paid. Right. And so I had children and talk about just the stress on its own having mm-hmm. children oh, like yeah. like physical mental emotional stress right it's a it's a stressful time and i did not allow myself to probably heal fully because i wanted to get back to training some of my clients now listen i'm talking like i trained one or two clients a day it's not like i went back to you know a 40 hour work week yeah but anyway you i i now have two kids i'm working i'm not getting enough rest and we move from the city to the country. And I said to my husband and my kids were not in daycare. Um, and when we were in the city and we moved to the country and all of a sudden, not maybe like the first day I'm, I relax and I'm not teaching. And, and I start to put my kids in daycare twice a week. My body had hives all over. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to talk about that. Yes. Yeah. And my husband's like, what's going on? I said, my body has no idea how to relax. Yeah. I have been on hyperdrive for the last two and a half years of being a mom, full-time, working when I can, being a wife, all this stuff, right? And so, you know, I had panic attacks in my 20s, but well, but whatever, I've talked about those. But that is the idea of when I was in this moment, I just kind of kept pushing it to the side. And even I'll tell you, I... Uh, maybe use comparison because I'm like, well, I'm not working full time. So I should be able to handle this. That's right. right? A lot of women tend to yeah. do that. What's the matter with me that I can't handle it? I'm only working um, a couple hours a day. Um, you know, buckle up, Tanya, like, yeah. you know, get in, get in the game. And so I definitely didn't um, allow myself that, time to rest because I don't know if it's comparison I'm just trying to think right now or ego or something but what happens is is if we don't listen to these messages Mm -hmm. we'll get sicker and sicker and 
Okay, so that's like a physical stress that I definitely had. Now I'm going to tell you one other one and then then we'll talk. But I have been ignoring, I fell off my bike about 10, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. I had stitches in my face. I cracked my tooth. And over the years, we've been watching it develop, okay. right? And so in uh, March, 2021, I actually had neuralgia, like a face. Mm-hmm. It was the most horrific thing I've ever had. Like I'd be walking, I'd fall to my knees, sharp electric pain throughout my face um and so long story short is okay that was march 2021 i just Mm -hmm. got a root canal may oh no april 27th okay okay i had been putting off because i was afraid i was confused and i was in denial Mm -hmm. but i had this bacterial affection growing in my face and this is stress yeah so this, oh, yeah. this is another kind of stress that I was kind of ignoring because, and listen, the last two years I've had face rashes, swollen eyes, like the craziest stuff coming up. And I would go to the doctors and they'd be like, um, here's a cream. And I said, you know what? I, I want to know what's going on. Like, why do I keep getting this kind of stuff? Right. And I spent quite a bit of money on cream and it did nothing. Because I didn't get rid of the root cause, which my husband thinks that's a really funny joke. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's stress within our bodies that I was getting signs, right? But I was too afraid. I was too confused. And I was like, I'm strong. I'm healthy. My body will fight this off until I couldn't stand the pain anymore. And I've been on more antibiotics this past year than I have been in the last 20 so oh, I'm so glad we're doing this episode. Yeah. So there's stress for me and all the things that I kind of ignored. Um, right. And that's what happens. And so um, now I'm in like, anyway, it's been a horrible, I, I shouldn't have, but I did, but it's yeah. been a learning experience that I will not mm-hmm. repeat again. Right. That's right. So this is, is what it's about. I'm always trying to, you know, be as healthy as I can still having this human experience. Mm-hmm. So you know, you, you, I'd love to hear, you know, a stressful time in your life and what you've learned from it. And then also, you know, what, what is like our brain on stress? What does that mean? Do you know what? This could be like a week long episode. I love it. I'm absolutely. um, And honestly, this is what, you know, I'm speaking to a big organization in, in the fall on, on just this, because they've got people in their organization that have lots of different roles on any given day. And each one causes them the feeling of stress. So um uh, oh my gosh so let's go back there's a lot to unpack there the first thing is first of all um i sort of think in life we go through life like you say and we we learn and very similarly i've had my experiences as well i think when people look at their life they can all see if they really look deeply how certain things have happened and either it's related to stress or it's not, but, but they've learned. And then they, if they move forward and and apply those. So what I didn't know was I was learning how to deal with stress uh, right from when I was 28, I didn't have it perfected, but I almost died at 28 and they couldn't understand how I survived. And I did not even know that I was using my breath at that point. So we Mm -hmm. will touch on breath for stress but I did not know I was using my breath. It just was something natural. I had to, I had to stay awake because I had to stay alive. And that was my first one. Um, I, over the years have suffered with something which sounds very similar to yours called urticaria and urticaria is sort of, if you were to take 
the worst form of hives and then put that on steroids. The version I had was the one on, on steroids. And what I'm hearing from a lot of people lately, I will talk about this in talks and I will have somebody come to me and go, oh my God, my girlfriend, my husband, somebody, they've been having this same thing. And they think it's the end of the world because you do at the time, but there are ways to get through that. And so the lessons that I learned, because that was so debilitating that the very last, uh, for the first couple of times I had it was six weeks, I was completely deformed, literally like the, I've got photos I could share with people and completely ruin their, their day of being completely looking like the elephant man, but I was itchy 24 oh, seven yeah. and I was in pain. And the only part, and this was stress that had created this or me reacting to stress situations. The only part of my foot that had nothing on it were the, the pads of my toes. And so I went through a living hell and I think that was more than living hell than actually almost dying. It was crazy. But the lessons that came from it, again, did not know anything about meditation and breath work. And again, for some reason, this came in and that is what saved me. The last night of having it, this one night where I wasn't sleeping in a bed. I had to sleep on the couch. I had to have wet towels on me. I, you know, it, it was crazy. But I went to bed one night thinking, I can't do this anymore. And I literally, I don't know what that means. I can't do this anymore. So I have to go to bed or I'm either going to wake up in the morning and ask my husband to put me into a psych ward. Absolutely no joke. That's the only thing that could have helped me or I'm going to be over this. And I went to bed that night and I don't know where it came from, but I imagined I lay in bed and I imagined my nerves, you know, that long stemmed flower. If you're a gardener, you might know what it's called. It's a long green stem with a, the flowers are like purple balls on the top, fluffy balls. Okay. And they're very pretty. And I imagined each nerve being one of those flowers. And I picked it, I squished the flower and I threw it away. And no word of a lie. The next morning I got up and I had gone to bed completely blown up and in agony. And I woke up and I could just feel lying in there in bed that something big had changed. Mm -hmm. And I went in the mirror. The majority of my body had deflated. Spots were mostly gone. And I went, this is what was really crazy. I went out bedroom door my husband was up already and I was at the top of the stairs and we had a very lazy Westie who had to be really carried upstairs like she was just lazy and I swear your dog our dogs know they sense when there's something wrong I mean we know that they can they they're trained to sense epileptic seizures and stuff like that and she looked up the stairs at me saw me and she couldn't run up the stairs fast enough and she was jumping against me like just jumping jumping but when I looked back, the night before I woke up with this starting, she was on me. We were watching television. She was pawing at me. And we were like, what is going on with her? So pretty sure she sensed I was getting it. And then it had gone. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that was sort of a side note. That breath and meditation helped there, which I can talk a bit more at the end about how to do it for this kind of thing. But my when, when we have spots, when we have anything going on with our skin or our body in any way, our body, our nervous system is telling us something is very wrong. And yeah. so what can we do? And so if people can really take that to heart, I teach yoga. And what I have learned about yoga and what I love about it, I just taught a class this morning. And what I love about yoga, you get taken to another place and maybe people don't want to do yoga. But for me, what it makes you be is extremely self-aware and mm. you start really listening to your body and getting curious and going, where am I feeling 
what is that? Okay, what could I do to? And that's what I love it for. So you're right, people, if they are struggling, need to, if they not need, I don't want to say need, but it's time to sit back and go, okay, rather than pushing through and being super person, what do I need to do to fix this? Because if I can fix how I'm feeling, my family will benefit. And for me, it was, they won't see this woman, my son and husband, how could there, I was daily in tears, crying, breaking down, I couldn't do anything. And they couldn't help me like that was awful for them. So when we make ourselves well and happy from the core, our family are benefiting. The other thing is, and this isn't a list of everything that's wrong with me. So just to hear this is because I love to apply what I've learned from all of these challenges. The last few years, I have had tinnitus in both ears. And again, at the very beginning, when I caught it, uh, I wasn't sleeping two hours at night, and it wasn't even sleeping. Again, I'm in lots of tears. You can imagine my poor husband has had a lot of tears over the years for me. Um, and I did not know how to handle it. And if you look, which I stopped, if you look at a lot of sites where people are struggling with tinnitus, it is awful, their life, they can't handle it. I had to stop because it is so soul destroying. And so I decided, what do I need to do to help myself through this then? There's gotta be a way because there are people living with tinnitus. And again, it was my breath and my breathing and my meditation and my mindset that has had me figure it out. So I live despite, I have the same ringing. It's very high pitched in my left ear, very low whirring in my right. The right is the harder one. Uh, I had a concussion years ago, jaws out of alignment. I get complete pains up my, my head, all of these things, but I have to live despite them. And so that's why breath has helped and, and things. And then the last one is that, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it can be applied. I'm very, we're, of course, your, your, your podcast is all about menopause. We're both very much into helping women of this age and through this experience. I love to say for women that I speak with and work with, it's learning how to live despite menopause. Menopause is not a time where we lose, we become invisible. We are not our menopause. We have so much to offer this world and it's learning to live with the symptoms despite them. And maybe through putting habits into place, we can actually go, oh my God, my heart flashes have gone or decreased. Maybe they have not changed, but you can now live despite them. And that's what I wish I would love people to take away. If they put certain things in place, with their mindset, they can live with things despite them. They really can. And so that's the only reason I brought all of those up is every single time what the same thing has helped me get through it and live despite. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about action steps. So I always talk about in here, we make choices and choices yes. have consequences. And that's I don't right. tell anybody what to do at all. I'm like, you know what? You can do whatever you want, but every choice has a consequence. That's right. And when I started to um, develop this mindset in my early 30s, that my choices, I'm taking ownership. I am taking awesome. ownership of my yes. choices. And yes. my choices have consequences and I'm going to put my big girl pants on I'm going to stop lying to myself and I am going to accept responsibility so awesome. if I overeat if I overdrink, if I skip a workout and I start to feel uh kaka poo poo okay 
I can, I can put those together when I eat healthy and, you know, I'm not drinking a lot and I'm working out. I feel amazing yeah. when I have a good night's sleep. I don't crave carbohydrates or sorry. Yeah. And when I have a bad night's sleep, I'm bitchier the next day. And I'm like, that's right. Give me something to eat. Right. And so when you start to really sit back and observe yourself, I tell people, like, I look at my my, my thoughts, like I'm in a movie and so perfect. look at my thoughts and I'd be like, okay, what am I thinking? Because thoughts are feelings, create actions, create results. That's right. Everything starts with a thought. So if we're not aware of our thoughts, right, we need to sit back and then we have to be realize that some thoughts are good. Some thoughts are bad. Right. And so mm -hmm. what do we do with those thoughts? Right. And how do they feel in our body? So the next part was the feelings that we have in our body. And mm -hmm. so you and I have had definite signs come yes. up physical, right, yep. that we could choose to ignore or listen, and if anybody's on medication, and for some things you do need medication, like I had to go absolutely. But there are some people that choose just that path without doing the eating better, the choosing That's right. exercise. I like the foam rolling changed my life to decrease my nervous system overrate. Like I had a That's you know, right. my nervous system was shot. So wherever you are in this cycle, like I have to like you know. Again, we all have choices, but I know that living a healthier lifestyle and working on your mindset is paramount because a pill, a lot of the times just reduces the signs and symptoms. It doesn't get to the root cause. And, and that's it. Yeah. It's your daily habits that you create yep. that, that help you. And when you eat better, when you sleep better, when you move better, your stress you're not as stressed, right? And That's so, right. You know, we like I like to say, you know, emotions are energy in motion. And unfortunately, a lot of us aren't in motion enough these days. So we're getting mm. very stagnant. And these these emotions um take root in your cellular being. That's right. right? And so it, we need to move them out, whether that's through talk, through humming, singing, being creative. Yeah um moving your body all of these things so those are some of the things like foam rolling definitely helped me oh it's amazing um, walking in nature uh connecting to my breath being more present minded right mm -hmm. and, and also you know i'm still this root canal thing really again made me see some of the things that come up that may delay and so i say i was afraid like i don't mm -hmm. like going to the dentist it, it's you know, I I don't have the greatest teeth. Um, so there was fear. There was confusion. Do I get the tooth pulled or do I get a root canal? And mm -hmm. so I had to take time to process that. And then there was denial, right? Like, why oh, yeah. is this happening to me? Why, I, I should be healthy. I do healthy things. So, but now I understand those things, right? Yeah. Because I took time to think about those things and really understand why I'm making certain choices. So it is, it is definitely doing work. And when you are in this menopausal stage, which, you know, 35 to, to on and on and on and on, you know, menopause typically happens around 51, but there's your pre-menopause, your post-menopause, right. you are, whatever you suppress, this is just my thoughts. And I've heard this from other people, but whatever you have suppressed in your life is popping up. 
That's right. That's true. It's true. Yeah. Like, we can't ignore this anymore because you don't get uh, cancer overnight. You don't get Alzheimer's overnight. You That's don't right. get, they're a 20, 10 to 20 year. Year in the making. In the making, right? And yep. it doesn't mean that you can't change today. That's and, right. But you need to listen to your body. And, you know, if you're carrying more weight than your body can handle, that's a stress. It's a stress. Yeah. Points. It's a stress on your heart. It's a stress on your being. Yeah. Right. And so it's just really kind of, and it's a stress on the brain. So let's talk about the brain. And then oh, I'm going to talk time. about examples of good stress. Okay. Mm. So let's talk about stress on the brain. And then. Yeah. Okay. So it's, oh my gosh, this excites me. First of all, I love to connect things with the brain because at the end of the day, our health is our brain. Uh, there's a wonderful um, neuro, and forgive me, I can't remember if she's a neurosurgeon or a neuroscientist or both, but if people look her up, they'll find her, Dr. Lisa Moscone. And she has written a book called The XX Brain, which I highly recommend every woman on the planet because not only does it talk about the woman's brain, it talks a little bit about menopause as well in that. And she is the one that coined the term, and I love it, that women's health is, is brain health. And funnily enough, um, I have always, when I've worked with my clients, we I try, it's the feelings, all of those things. But at the end of the day, everything connects to our brain. If our brain is not healthy and our body can move, there's no, our brain needs to be healthy. What was the so name of the your, Pardon? The, oh, the XX brain, the two, like literally two letters, the XX brain. Oh, and it's a okay. very, 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 very good book. Okay. Um, so uh, just amazing. Now, and there's also uh, Maria Shriver. It has her Alzheimer's, um, her whole, there's a whole pr uh, organization based around it. If people look her up as well. Um, because a lot of women tend to suffer from Alzheimer's. If women do, it can, it can be in their 50s that they get it because, or sorry, not necessarily their 50s, even past that, because we're caregivers and we're looking after at a certain point, the kids go and then it's the, the parents. And there's a lot that women put themselves off and then it tends to be, um, you know, they can really struggle with that. Does that mean as we get older, we are going to get it? Does it mean if we've had a stressful life as we get older, are we going to get it? No, because like you say, everybody's different. But if we actually now take the bull by the horns and decide to put things into our life, we can we can help. Um, and and so put it. I'm going to talk a little bit about the brain and meditation in a minute as a result of that. So it's really about honestly people in getting to a point where they're like understanding the cruciality. I don't know if that's a word, but I think it sounds quite good. The <laughs> cruciality when we're women and we're the menopausal years, this is it. This is probably the last chance we get, let's say, to make it very dramatic, but we get to put ourselves first and really get our shit together. And for our heart, because heart disease is so prevalent with women as they go through menopause, for everything. So we need to, in this moment, because there's still a lot of people, I think, that might think, you know what, I'll do it when, I'll do it when, I'll do it when. No, yeah. we need to today do things for ourselves. So the brain is very, very affected in a serious way by stress. Um, and whether that looks like in the end, just sort of, you know, foggy brain, whether it looks like 
dementia and cognitive issues, whether it goes to full-blown Alzheimer's. If, if people don't take their brain seriously now, you don't know where it's going to end up for you. You might be a lucky one and nothing happens, but it is time to do what we can. And we think of life as being fast and I need to work out all the time and do this, that, and the other. You and I are proponents of working out, but my God, we need it. We need time every day. And it could look like one minute or it could look like one hour, but we need that time every day. Um, there's also a connection between our hips and our brain. And when our, our hips are called our emotional junk drawer for a reason, when we um, feel a little, when I feel a little tight or funny in my hips, there's a certain feeling. It's almost like I can't describe it. It's almost like I feel nauseous in my hips. When I feel that way, I know I've overdone things and I need to take a step back because if my hips are, then I know I'm, I'm just not great in my mind and vice versa. We want to make sure, which is why it's so important as well to stretch our hips. We have become a society, a culture of sitting and the from our brain to our hips to our eyesight to everything it's so affecting it we need to take our health seriously um and then stress really you know it includes our thoughts our emotions our physical reactions as we talked i mean and and there's a lovely saying i'm sure everybody's heard it where you can tell yourself you can or you can't and you're right you can yeah. tell yourself you can you can tell yourself you're doing stuff for yourself and it's all the right stuff and you're really, you know, you're just fooling yourself. We really need to. Um, there's academic stress. There's professional stress, health stress, financial stress, social stress. There's so many different. Family stress. Exactly. Exactly. So it really is because the brain is, is us and we need to keep it healthy. And so even when it comes to menopause, I'll say to clients, we're not going to talk about you getting over menopause. Menopause is a thing and a stage. Let's talk about you figuring out how you're going to strengthen your brain because your brain is going, oh my God, what just happened to the estrogen and everything else included? So it's reaction are then the symptoms. And so it's how can I help myself? And that's why it's so important for you to have this show. And, and you know, I've got a TV show here in London where it's all about this. It's, it's important. I think women learn to take control back and how can they take control back? Don't look at menopause as a thing. Look at menopause as my brain. What can I do to help my brain? Well, stress, exercise, food, blah, 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 connection, all of those things. So that's sort of um, as far as the brain is concerned, pa you know, meditation and breath work. I'll touch on those a little bit because they're to do with the brain. When we're able to calm our brain down, our brain then isn't sending out signals all over the body going, we need to do this, that, and the other. It can re rest, it can relax when we don't have to think. Now, there is a difference for some people with doing breath work and meditation, because for some people, believe it or not, doing meditation actually revs their engine and stresses them in itself. I have to sit here and I have to not think and I have to be quiet. I will also say the people that I have come to me, just like we've spoken about the fact that if you ask people if they're stressed, many times they'll say no. I will talk to people about meditation. And the first thing I hear without a doubt is always, um, oh, I can't do it. My brain goes everywhere. And so people don't do it. It's like balance. You have, we have to do it. And so the key with meditation is Every if you have your if you lie down on a couch or on your bed and you decide to, to do to meditate and you find your brain going everywhere, 
I'm going to tell people something that's super important and hopefully they can resonate with this. It means they're human. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone does it. You can be a monk who has meditated his entire life every day and still have a day where you lie back and all of a sudden everything is coming at you. So it is going to happen. It is not about trying to push it away. And it's not about stopping and going, I can't do this. It is very much about lying there and breathing because we can actually get to a point where you can sit in a busy airport and meditate. The class I did this morning was in a gym where it sits right next to all the room with the big guys using the weights and banging. So throughout the whole meditation, you've got clanging and banging and you have to get to a place where you can sort of be within and it doesn't matter. Um, I liken it to, you know, some of the examples are being a mountain and our thoughts are the clouds and sometimes they can float and sometimes they're not there and sometimes they're whizzing about windy, doesn't change the mountain or maybe a movie trailer. We sit and we watch the trailers before an actual movie, but we actually just watch them slide along. We don't land on them. It's not landing on them. And so with meditation, the, which I'll explain first, it's very much about, you could do it lying on your bed and say for, for a minute, it's about putting your alarm on your clock for, okay, I'm going to meditate for two minutes, put your alarm on for two minutes. So you're not constantly lying there going, oh, is it two minutes up yet? Is it up? Yeah. I've got to make sure I, so it's about making sure you cover that. It's about lying there and you can do guided, you can do with music, you can do a bit of everything um, or silence. And it's literally just lying there and breathing. And if people focus on their breath, which means, do I feel, where do I feel it? Is it my nose or my chest or my belly? Where do I hear it coming in? They will find that in time, their body will relax. And the goal, so all of these things that I've had, it's always been when I have brought my attention back to my breath. And even now, when I wasn't sleeping for, I was sleeping only two hours at night, I decided to try various ways. And I changed my mindset on how I look at sleep. When I walk through that door, I had to have a certain mindset. I do a guided meditation every night before bed because it helps me get to sleep with the ringing. And then I'm in a lovely sleep. I do what I need to do. But if I wake up in the night, which is so rare now, I go six and a half to eight hours regularly. But if I wake up in the night, instead of lying there, which I think a lot of, especially women that suffer with hot flashes might go to, oh, I'm hot and oh my God, I've woken up again. Oh dear, what time is it? I highly, highly recommend don't look at the clock. It's dark. It's bedtime. Your alarm will go off when, when it's ready to get up. Try and think about something positive, like, oh my God, it's, I still get hours to sleep. This is wonderful. And then just focus on the breath, focus on where they're feeling, seeing, hearing the breath. And when they do that, it might still take them time to get back to sleep, but that sleep will be so much deeper. And they're training their brain to wake up without the stress of, oh, I can't sleep. And that goes a huge way for women with hot flashes. Again, you're learning to live despite them. Um, that's been a game changer because keep in mind, I wake up and every night I wake up and I have this lovely, delightful ring in both ears and it used to get me. Now I bring my attention back to my breath and I don't care. I, I accept it all and I just go to bed. So I'll go to, back to sleep. So meditation is you can lie there. You can sit. A lot of people, I think, used to think that you have to sit down and fingers up and oh, no. Meditation is what you make it. If you can, if you want to walk and meditate, do it. 
if you want to lie on a bed and put a note on the door and say, don't come in, mom is her own time for a little while, for 10 minutes. If you want to, sometimes I'll lie down on my kitchen floor. It's like, you know what? I want to do it right here. And if I walk away, I might not. So I'm just going to do it right here, uh, making sure they're nice and warm. So meditation is one thing. Breath work is actually, I mean, obviously it is incorporated with, it is part of meditation. But if people don't want to feel the discomfort or stress, if they feel that way of doing meditation per se, if they just lie down and they listen to their breath or they, they count, you know, um, five breaths in hold for six exhale for seven. There's many different, there's box breathing, you know, imagine a box and you breathe in for four along the top of the box and hold for four. And then you breathe down for four and then hold for four. So there's many different ways of breathing, but all they're doing is getting our brain to look in and not focus on to-do lists and what's going on and the stress. I wish if there's one thing that people take from this, I wish that they would get into either breath work or meditation daily. Start small, like anything. I'm not gonna say I'm gonna do it for five minutes every day. I'm gonna try and do it for one minute this Thursday and mm -hmm. then build on that. Why I'm so passionate about that, A is yes, it's helped me but I know it's helped it, the people it's helped around the world, but they've done studies on monks brains and nuns brains because, you know, they do so much meditation. When we meditate, it can actually help our gray, our gray matter to grow. And that's why if somebody's had a stressful life or if they've had reactions that are stressful to stressors their entire life and they think this is it. No, it's actually not. It doesn't have to mean they have to go down the road of any cognitive issues. If they start today, it actually can help create whole new, you know, um, action going on in our brain, which to me is, is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you're right. It's actually so much. It's about calling it. It's about people stop. If they can stop going through life, if they find they're like this, I think a lot of people, and I really don't want to sound judgmental. I did this myself. I think we do go through life. And sometimes we do try and trick ourselves into thinking we have to be anything and everything for everyone. I'm, you know, just, I'm going to get it all done. And then, and I don't have time. I'm so busy. I have a real problem. Actually, I've got, I've got many problems. <laughs> no, <laughs> I have a problem with, I will have so many people that will say to me, like, if we're going, we're going to have a coffee or something. I know you're really busy, but, and that actually, I love people. I love my friends. It, they don't offend me. That line offends me because I am never too busy for people, but I am also not too busy. Uh, I am not busy, busy. I love what I do. And I have a lot of balls in there that I throw in the air. I take time for myself, but I love what I do. So I don't see myself as busy. I'm not because there's this picture to me, this connotation when people say you're busy to me, I have a lot that I do and I love it. In fact, it lights me up, but I'm never too busy for people that I, I know and love. And, and so, you know, people need to get out of the busy thought as well. Yeah. Busy, busy or people I know are busy. You know what? Just do whatever you can do in your life to, to allow you to be happy and healthy and fun. And if that means working and doing an awful lot of hours, but you take time for yourself every day and you're listening inwardly all the time to your body and your brain and what it's telling you, you don't, it, it doesn't matter. So, um, but it really is, it's about self, it's about acceptance. So when we meditate, 
it's accepting if my if my thoughts come and go all right i'll just accept it it's i have a bit of tension here in my, my i was gonna say my elbow and pointing to my shoulder i have a bit of tension accept it do not just notice it notice things don't land on them and when people can really start to do that i think they'll find that it helps and it goes so far to helping how they deal with stress you become a completely different calmer person mm-hmm so you know what a couple of things that I do when I out driving and I pull into my driveway I oftentimes turn off my car and just sit there and breathe or just collect my thoughts and so look at transition times right oh perfect opportunity to take three on 10 deep breaths um another one I do is I when I, I walked my dog, I walk my dogs every day, but, and there's some days I'm better than others, but I, I love walking meditation. What birds do I hear? Awesome. What do the trees sound like? My footsteps on the ground. What are the, are the, the buds are coming out on the trees. Yeah. Really present moment awareness. When you're in the shower, do you feel the water or are you somewhere else? And so a lot of my meditation is, like a transition moment, walking, shower, and I I roll and I block. And I know now when my body is asking for me to relax. And sometimes I ignore it or I, actually that's not true. Sometimes I choose in that moment to do something differently. Yeah. But more and more and more and more. I'm giving myself that time and it can be 90 seconds. Like, and this is the whole thing that, that you and I are talking about is don't build this up. If you do a minute a day, Mm -hmm. better than going, I don't have time today. I'll do it next week. And then you never do it. And then it's like, Oh, you know what? Okay. That now I'm going to start meditating 30 minutes a day. You won't do it. That's right. It's honestly taking the three breaths to 10 breaths before you go in your house. It's the little moments and you know that's why I talk about simple shifts it's one of my biggest concept or um uh concepts I guess I talk about it in my book cookie dough in the dark that's what changed me because I'm all yeah sometimes you're like I'm gonna go on this big diet I'm gonna make this big change that's right you're not you're not going to do it consistently and it's these consistent habits and you've given us you know work on that meditation that present moment awareness Mm. connect with your breath even though we breathe like the breath is a great thing because if we breathe all day long but are you actually connected to your breath are you consciously aware of where that breath is going in your body is it going into your belly your back I love thinking of waterfall and my perfect yeah and out of my vertebrae down into my hips so, you know, you just kind of bring these images in. Mm. So th- those are some great, great tips. I'll just touch on breath before your next question. But the other thing with breath is how we breathe, eh? because I don't know oh, yeah. if, if, if everyone knows this, is we need to, our facial structures over the centuries have changed because people became mouth breathers. Yeah. And when we breathe through our mouth, I know you know this, so I'll, I'll explain it to everyone else if they don't. When we breathe in through our mouth, our body is being put in a state of fight or flight. When we breathe in and out through our nose, we are taking that breath. It's going to the cells. It's going to the brain. Our brain needs all of that breath. And so if people can get used to it, 
um, to practicing. And again, they might find every day that, that it's challenging, but even learning to nose breathe and sitting there at your desk and going, oh, I just remembered or putting a note on the computer. Oh, nose breathe for 10. And in the end, it will come natural to the point that when you work out, you can do it. When you sleep, it even helps people, Not you know, not everyone, but there's been studies done on people with sleep apnea that if actually you can train them, put medical tape, please not yeah. any other kind, but put medical tape over their mouths. And if in the night that trains them to breathe through their nose, it can help with that. So breath, breath is honestly the unsung hero of our health. And I think if people could focus on breath, it would help their stress, which would help their life. You're right. It's about really cut the crap, listen to your body and admit what you're doing, admit what you're feeling and then deal with everything and do something um, yeah. about it as well. It's very important. When you're feeling that anxious feeling, because I felt it many times in my life, notice that you're usually breathing through the mouth and very shallow. So that's right. You start to notice that feeling of anxiousness and you go, okay, breathe through my nose, down into my belly, hold and release, like slow that breath down. That's right. That moment right there to retrain your brain exactly right and, and the other thing is as well some people are them to make it easier for them some people might want to just lie there and imagine like you say the breath being a waterfall or the breath going to their down to their belly or down to their feet if they're lying down some people could use a light like imagine it's a light you're lying on the floor there's a light at the base of your feet and as you breathe in it comes all the way up and then releases or it could be a warmth like connect it with something that makes it easy for them to focus on. Um, and it can, you know, it can be a game changer. It really can. I also like just focusing on which nostril am I breathing in and yes, out of? Yes, exactly. All sorts of things. Like, uh, you know, I do, I teach um, chakra stuff. And one of the things that we Huge. use when it would, yeah, when we're talking about each chakra is where you feel that breath on your, your um, in your body. And when we do the throat chakra, it's always yeah. more on my right than my left. Isn't that interesting? Oh, yeah. And I can't remember the sides now. I always get this mixed up. But one side is that I need to practice listening because I think I'm, I'm a great talker. And that that's why I think my right side is more active. So then I'm like, Tanya, you need to listen. Isn't that practice something? Practice listening. And awesome. so you can really start to also feel the subtle imbalances in your body. And yeah. then, you know, I'm a very curious person. So I just start to look at all different you know, there's not one answer. And I think this is what we're, uh, you know, that's right. There's not, you do this one thing, right? Mm -hmm. So meditation, like you said, it's not just sitting there with your fingers together, sitting. That's so uncomfortable for me. I usually lie down or I'm walking. Yeah. That to me works or I'm on my roller or on my blocks. Yeah. So don't get stuck because that can be stressful. Thinking that's oh, right. I have to do it this way. No, you don't have to do it that way. So find what works for you. Okay, so now let's talk about some examples of good stress. Mm, so glad you brought this up. So good stress, and I want to preface it with, so people understand, it doesn't matter if you have good stress happening or negative stress happening. They are both affecting our body in the same way. And if we do not complete that circle, it is going to affect us in the same way. And so really what's happening is our body with either state is being put back millions of years ago where there was literally the saber-toothed tiger and we had to have stress to help us notice it and make a run for it. That's where we're putting our body every time. So it's not to be taken lightly. It's like, 
every time I am in a stress state, this is what's happening. And good stress is has the same effect. Good stress could be my best friend is coming from the, the other side of the world. I haven't seen her in forever. Our son is coming back from out west to visit us. I just got great news about a job. Like good stress can be really happy stuff. And it's awesome. But then it is about taking the time to deal with that. And I loved your point about transitions. That's what it's all about is, is taking that time to stop in between things. But have the fun. You know, when we laugh, mm. laughter is so good for us. When we laugh, we're actually revving our system up, going into a state of stress. And then we have those deep breaths and there, it's what happens after that takes us out of that. So it's about understanding that it is both good and bad and good situations can have an effect on us, but it's about, you know, fully um, getting through them. Maybe it's when something great is happening and you feel your heart rate, heart rate going a little quicker. It's about, I tend to find mine in my spine. I will get excited and I feel a weird feeling in my spine. I have, my body tells me I have to sit back and I have to breathe for a bit. Or maybe it's dancing, or maybe like you say, it's going for a walk or just talking or laughing with someone. Um, keeping in mind that, yeah, there can be good, there can be stress, there can be bad stress. It's about figuring out, listening to our body, the situation, regardless, regardless the kind of stress it is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and exercise is a good stress, right? Like when Absolutely. we stress our muscles, like, you know, what's really- And then they grow better because they're yeah. being made stronger. When it, this is, this kind of saddens me. I think it's episode, I don't know, I'm going to say seven, six, 10, somewhere in there where I did an aust- a, a, a podcast on strong bones after 40. Yeah, and I'm telling awesome. you, this is something that should be on your high radar, right? Oh, yes. High radar to look after strong bones. Oh, yes. You need to stress your muscles, which stress your bones by lifting weight. And it's, I don't know how many views I have on it now, but it's not the, the top one. And you know what? Because it's not like how to lose fat. Or, That's right. It's all about weight loss for some. But I'm telling you, if if you haven't listened to that one, listen to it again and again, because yeah. you do not want osteoporosis. You do. Do you know what's really funny about that, Tanya, is the fact that when you say that, um, I have to say that. So years ago, I did a and funnily enough, one of my next um, guests on on my podcast is a an amazing physio coach, uh, but I had him, I've known him for years and I had him on my, I had a YouTube channel and one of the episodes was same thing. It was about everything we need to do for our bones after 50. And he was brilliant. The information he gave compared to all the other, not as many views. Anytime I have done, and I'm so glad you made this point. Anytime I've done anything to do with bone health and strength training, I get the least amount of, of engagement to it. And it blows my mind because like our brain, yes, we need to keep those bones strong. We need to stress them. And yet in the next sentence, you'll have a conversation with someone where they're like, I'd like to lose weight. I'd like to be stronger. I'd like to do this. I'd like to do that. But if you put stuff out about this stuff, it doesn't seem as sexy. And to me, I'm so glad you brought it up. We need to stress our muscles just like we have. Yeah, uh, it, it's crucial crucial Mm -hmm. for the health of our bones so yeah that's a brilliant point yeah right and our diet also good or bad can stress exactly 
right? Our thoughts. Sugar is awful for stress. If people, oh my gosh, I've, and again, I've, I've got a, a webinar coming on all about sugar. Sugar, just, oh my gosh, just like added sugars, processed foods, blah, blah, blah. If we could get people really focused on their sugars and decreasing that, I know you're speaking to the choir here with you. You've written the book. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that. Holy cow. Yeah. And, and again, it doesn't have to be this monumental shift. I have a 30 no. added sugar detox, which is just teaching people to get rid of the added sugars. Again, not all of them, but the ones where you're like, oh my God, I didn't know that had sugar in it that I'm consuming. That's, that's a right. Powder, right. And so that's where you start. You start, we're always looking for hard. Like our brain is kind of trained that way. It's like, if it's not exciting and 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 like i gotta do this boot camp i gotta do this you that's know, this right thing. and if i say to you you know what we're gonna take um this little item of this added sugar product out of your diet every day you know and you're you're probably not gonna miss it because you probably you know they don't miss it they tell me they're like oh my god i didn't realize that this had so much and that's what happens eh right i and think this- a lot of people think they're they're oh i couldn't live without it i love it and they don't realize the less they eat the less they'll want yeah. And so they take it out, they make a shift and that shift uh, positively affects their blood sugar. Like the, it positively affects their health. Right. Absolutely. So these are the tiny things. And I say this about lifting weights. I'm like one minute, put, put one minute into your day. And, and, but the brain, it's not exciting, but we have to start finding that excitement to go because That's what right. happens is your identity starts to change. And you're like, I'm the type of person who breathes before I walk into the house. Oh my God. Like I'm starting to tap into myself. I'm the kind of person who lifts weights for one minute a day. Right. And so exactly gradually changing your cellular and your cells are listening to you, everybody. Your cell- oh, it's so true. I'm so glad you said that too. So when you, you know what? I, I, I don't, your cells are going, okay, okay. You can't, you Big don't, time. right. And you have to say, I can, I can, I am, yeah, I am. Exactly. And it's this mindset shift and you have to believe in yourself and just keep, just even hold the weight and say, I'm holding this weight and, and, Brilliant. and calm your, your brain down. It's this whole amygdala that's setting off fireworks yeah. there for some irrational fear. But I just, I, you know, th- this is the point I've been trying to drive home this year. And I think one reason why I started this podcast is I am, I am, I'm asking women to stop dieting, to stop being focused oh, huge. on yeah. their weight, because I will tell you, and this di- di- uh, deals with the stress we're talking about. If your liver is under stress, if yeah. your kidneys are under stress, the last thing your body is thinking about is, is losing weight. Exactly. Right. Your brain is stressed. So how can you start to just do small, simple shifts every day to calm your brain, to cleanse your liver, to heal your gut? And all of these things are all the things you have to do anyway to lose weight. Right. And I think, you know, I want to go back to your point as well about the sugar and the, 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 I'll make one more point because, um, so I eat a very low, I call it an eating when I help you, it's called an eat to me, it's your healthy life eating strategy. You're not looking to diet deprive, uh, to, to lose weight for now. How can you find a way to eat that you thoroughly love and enjoy life? You can have a little good here and there, but at the same time, you're completely nourishing yourself. And I'll tell you going back to skin and how it yells at us. 
Um, I have had psoriasis on the back of my neck since I was 30. I can just picture the day where I was the day it popped. Like I literally noticed I had it. And I started, um, I'm, I've always watched my intake of, of sugar, added sugars, net carbs, that kind of thing. But I went serious on it this year, knowing the benefit to the brain. Um, and as someone with epilepsy, I have always wanted to, to focus on this kind of stuff. So I did. And what I noticed was I eat very, a very small amount of net carbs. I am not promoting for people to do that. Of course, they should be speaking to a dietitian about stuff like that. But what it did for me was I have no psoriasis. I went for 20 years with psoriasis. The other point is a few days ago, I decided to have, I had this many net carbs in a day and I don't miss carbs. I love that. I don't miss them. I don't miss sugar. I don't miss anything. I'm eating so well for my body with everything else. But if I had, you know, a tiny amount of, uh, of net carbs, usually I went up a little bit this one day and I turned to my husband and I'm like, I've got an itchy neck my whole day. When I went back to a certain level, gone. So again, I, if people could really, that little delight of having something sweet and the damage it can do to us. And if we can just bypass it, um, I've got, I, I think as well, and you know, a lot of people perhaps don't understand what sugars and carbs are. I know that's not what this is about, but if they could understand, it does help with stress as well. But I had a friend once years ago, she was visiting. We went to the grocery store. We walked out the cereal aisles and don't get me started on cereals. But we were walking down the aisle and I made a comment to her about, oh, I just, you know, cereals. Oh, I wish people would, you know, focus on other things for breakfast. And she said, well, I give my girls cereal um, in the morning because I, you know, it's something they'll eat. Like, what do you mean? What's wrong with it? And she and I had to explain you're starting your girls with sugar. First thing in the morning, off to school they go. They get into the centuries of people, they or the last century, let's call it, uh, where their sugar, their blood sugar goes up, goes down. Oh, I'm hungry. What do you go for? Carbs. It goes up again, comes down a bit, not as much. What I'm hungry. And you're and it goes up in steps. When you're eating less sugar and a small amount of sugar, we know that things stay level. Boy, what can it can do for the brain and for our stress? and for our skin it's endless so i just again i'm glad you're doing this episode i wish i hope people really embrace the importance of it and how good they could feel yeah you know any skin thing you have typically is going back to the gut right so that's if right you join any skin programs that you know don't give you cream and stuff like that but let me just tell you something when you put cream on your face uh that goes into your cells it's a toxin that's right there you go uh right? So it's like, a, I just did some episodes on how to dissolve your cellulite. And one of the things I talk about is what you put on your skin. Um, yep. because your body has to process it. But anyway, a lot of uh, skin care, skin issues are related to your gut. And listen, I, I also know, it's not as easy. It is. And it's not as easy as saying because I had that sugar addiction, I still I just did an episode why I ate 14 cookies. Yeah. Um, and I am much, 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 much better. I am so much better. And I can, and I can now not lie to myself about signs. So if something comes up, yeah. my ears burn, my feet burn, my feet itch, it affects my sleep. And I can go a long time with just minimal, but then sometimes, you know, shit happens. But yeah. um, what was I going to say about this is that 
and you know, and this is what my book's about is that emotional connection. So there That's are, right. we are puzzles, we are puzzles and we have pieces to our puzzles and we can't fix our, we're, think of a puzzle. You don't put it together in a nanosecond you put pieces into that puzzle mm -hmm. right and that's what we are here so it's like you know focus on one area of your health or I, I don't even know how to say this properly but uh or even know, one aspect of one area like really chunk it down yes right and so but just I think what the, the the what my purpose of this puzzle piece thing is is that it's a journey yeah journey yeah putting those pieces of the puzzle. It's finding where they fit in your body. It's trial and error. And I know so many of my women clients come to me and they're like, Tanya, tell me what to do. And I said, you know what? I'm going to give you some skills, some strategies, some, but you're different than I am. Yeah. And so you have to find what, what works for you. you. But the, the, the thing that you and I both teach are these skills, are these mm -hmm. strategies, are these like, let's look beyond the number on a scale. Let's tap That's in. That's right. What is happening within you? How are you dealing with stress? How are you sleeping? How are you moving? How are you eating? How are you thinking? Right. And it's all of these things that. And they're also important. We really, it's, it's, it's a time in the world, I think, where we just could also benefit. I don't want to tell people they what they should and shouldn't do. It's just, I know we're passionate about this and we know it works, eh? But I think it's a time in the world where, boy, we could so benefit if people really learned to go more inward and really yes. acknowledge what they do to themselves if it's not great and try and change that. And how can they put things in their life that make them happy and healthy? And I really think, so much of what we do, we owe it. My goodness, we owe it to our next generation to not be messed up. And right now we're feeding them sugar first thing in the oh, morning. If we are not teaching them how to relax, if we are allowing them, because it's easy to be on their screens day in and day out, because it's just so easy not to have to deal with them. We are not giving them the skills. And that's a very, you could probably tell from my voice, <laughs> that's an area with me. I'm so passionate. It's like, let's make sure we're being good role models for the next for well the you know children. what we'll have another podcast on that I think I think we should yeah because that's a we could go down a whole other thing so what I just want to just end off I'm gonna okay say and then you can say something and then where people can find you but yeah I know from I can't remember the guy's name but it's tremoring and yeah. so when an animal feels stress right it's just been chased you can watch this look it up just look up tremoring yep. the animals will tremor they will that's shake right. they can shake right? They, so they get that stress out of our body. As humans, even as children, they'll do this. But as adults, we somehow, I don't know, can't cry, or we don't allow this expression right. to stress out of our body. And tears have stress hormones in them, which mm -hmm. is fascinating. But yep. anyway, um, if you are feeling stressed, and even though it might feel silly, and I love getting on my rebounder, but you don't have to have a rebounder, I just want you to shake everything awesome. out. Awesome, I love shake it. it. Shake yep. it, shake it, shake it, shake it. And you're moving that energy through and out of your body instead That's of right. letting it go into your cells. And I'm telling you, if you can fall in love with those cells, everybody, because that is who you you're are. Right. We're cellular beings. If you can fall in love with your cells, I'm, I'm vibrating just from just doing that. Oh, I love it. And get that energy out of you. That is a very quick and easy, effective way. You have a fight with your husband, just go into your room and shake it, shake it, shake it out. You know, there's tension yeah. in your house. Somebody ticked you off while driving. Like, just get Even it. if you're stuck. If you're stuck with a decision, yes. you don't know. Yes. Just put some action into place and, yeah, and you'll get it. Physiology, you know, like just jump, jump, yeah. jump. 
Anyway, so that's my last tip. Love What's it. Your last tip, and where can people find you? Uh, my last tip, I would have to say, is uh, I really, oh, I would love people to take from this um, to, to, to think of themselves as their biggest project. Mm-hmm. And as their biggest project, um, what do they want? What do they want to feel? What do they want to be for others? And are they willing to give themselves a time every day, be it a cup of tea or coffee? You know, for me, it's that first cup of sip of coffee in the morning. So I would love for them and it will benefit them if they can plan every day to take one, five, 10 minutes, whatever it looks like for them from here on in where all they do is either sit and think, not think, sit and breathe, sit and listen to music, go for a walk. But if they can put one thing in every single day and start to become more self-aware, all of this will just lead to them noticing more about their body and what they're feeling. And um, so I would say that's the biggest tip. The other thing, and if I can just say this, because you mentioned about meds. um, Yes, some people do have to be on them. Um, I think um, for some things I've come across people where they go straight to meds and I do wish people would talk to their doctor and if they can you know, if they have to go on the meds, also speak with a coach or a therapist or someone about actions that they can do as well. Don't just rely and let meds be the savior. Do things in your life for you too. Um, and I think that could be really big, but think about, this is way more than one point, eh? I guess just really getting self-aware, thinking about your hips, your head, and uh, taking time each day for yourself. Very good. Very good. I, we keep talking. I'm, I'm keep- I know. I know. Okay, where can people find you, Carolyn? Um, right now at my table. No, um, <laughs> they can find me. So I am on Instagram and it's called your wellness. Why? I'd love it if uh, people wanted to find me there. I am also, if they're more into Facebook, I'm on Facebook at coach Carolyn wellness. I couldn't use that for Instagram because it got hacked and I had millions of people from goodness where following and it Mm. was awful. So, um, and then I'm also, I do have Roger, if they look up online, Rogers TV, London, um, they can look at it on the web. And I have episodes of my, my modern woman's menopause show is what it's called. And we're coming into season three. We're about to start filming for that. And it's just about everyday women, honestly, really talking. And we have some experts on too. But this year, I want to, re- this season, I want to focus on everyday women. Um, and so I would say those are the three. CoachCarolyn.ca is my website. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I'm sure that people will walk away from this inspired. And I love sharing our personal stories because I, I agree. Vows I made to doing this podcast with be to be authentic, Lovely. to be vulnerable, to, you know, let down any perfection and I'm perfect. And like none of Good. that are human beings progress. So I think this has been a beautiful display of that. I thank you for your time and I thank everybody for thank listening. You. Thank you so much for having me.